Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. And welcome, I'm Brett Witterbull. It is obviously another episode of Devious Motives. Great to be here with you. I want to take sort of a a longer term view of some of the issues that we're looking at. And it's because we have got a series of terms being used in the current political climate that really mean different things to different people. But first, Let's take a look at what it is that we've seen happening in the last uh, 24 hours. President Biden making his way over to the state of Pennsylvania to Pittsburgh, uh, one of the very first places he campaigned when he decided to run for president of the United States. And uh, Joe Biden was talking up that uh, Build Back Better plan, that infrastructure plan. And of course, right on cue, as you'd expect, uh, Joe Biden comes in and starts taking shots at uh, at the Republicans, who he calls socialists, uh, who says, uh, he says uh, they're, they're out there asking him for money now, even though they didn't vote for the Green New Deal. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Not the Green New Deal. The Build Back Better plan. We've got so many new deals and Build Back Better plans and breathing rooms uh, that it's uh, sometimes it's very hard to not lose track of, of where you are. But this is the president of the United States kind of uh, poking at the socialist Republicans because they're putting in for money that uh, the administration pushed for, pushed through the House and the Senate. And um, he he says that uh, basically they're hypocrites. Dignity, dignity for working people, people who built this country. My dad used to say everybody, everybody should be treated with dignity no matter what they're, where they're from. Because here's what I know. For most of the last century, we led the world by a significant margin because we invested in our people, we invested in ourselves, we invested in our land. But along the way, we stopped doing that. But not anymore. We're back on track. When you see these projects in your neighborhoods, the cranes going up, shovels in the ground, I want you to feel the way I feel. Pride. Pride in what we can do when we work together. That's what I mean when I say we're building a better America. And folks, let's get something straight. We managed to get some Republicans to vote for this, 13 in the House and 19 in the Senate. And I'm truly grateful for them. I mean it sincerely. But a whole lot more voted against it, but are taking credit for it now. You know, you may have seen the news report on CNN describing Republicans who voted the infrastructure law after attacking me and Democrats for passing what they called socialism. Socialism. Well, now they're quietly and privately sending me letters. <laughs> Not a joke. My administration asked for money. Asked for that money. Talking about how important the projects in their district are and for America. I've got to say, I was surprised to see there's so many socialists in the Republicans. Look, you create a program, you can't be surprised that people are going to come and try to ask for, uh, you know, pieces of the pie. I mean, that's just how it works. But the problem is this. When you uh, when you score a touchdown in a game, 
you can't keep going back to the same story about how you scored a touchdown in the game. Um, politics moves at the speed of light. It also moves at the speed of the news cycle. And I get the sense from watching the reaction to people looking at Joe Biden's campaigning that they're kind of over the Green New Deal. See, I did it again. It's the Build Back Better. People are just overhearing about this. And what the president doesn't understand when he makes these decisions to talk about, I got money for Pittsburgh. I got money for Cincinnati. I got we got new pipes coming in. We got all the bridges and roads and all that sort of stuff. That is not the number one issue in the United States right now. It's not even the number 20th issue in the United States right now. People just expect the government's going to spend money on projects. Okay, that's nothing surprising. What people are are concerned about is inflation. And when you spend five trillion dollars in like a year and a half, you've distorted the markets. How, how do I know we've they've distorted the markets? Well, look, here's Larry Summers talking to Wolf Blitzed, as Rush used to call him. Uh, and, and Larry Summers is talking about uh, the current economic conditions in this country and the, the, the situation with the recession. Here's what he said. It is on the path of raising uh, interest rates. We're certainly going to need some more of that. But despite all of these steps that have already been taken by the Federal Reserve and the administration, for that matter, as you know, a Fitch ratings report forecasts a recession here in the United States starting next spring. J.P. Morgan Chase CEO Jamie Dimon, a man you and I know, predicts a recession within the next six to nine months. How soon do you, do you, Mr. Secretary, believe the U.S. could enter a recession? I think it's uh, substantially more likely than not that we're going to have a recession next year. Um, When next year it will start, I don't feel a confident uh, view about. But I think it's certainly way better than 50-50 that we will have a recession uh, next year. And when we have that recession, no question about it, unemployment is uh, going to uh, go up. That is something that's inevitable in the economy. And once we saw ourselves get to inflation that was well above the 5% range, I think from that point on, it became almost inevitable that we were going to have a recession. Well, what are the chances? And then, of course, immediately, here comes Wolf Blitzer. And uh, Wolf Blitzer is asking, well, when's this thing going to start? I mean, is this going to happen soon? What's it going to be? How could it happen? What's it going to do? So you have Joe Biden, president of the United States, talking about, hey, look at all this great money I got for you guys. Oh, we're building bridges. We're building cell towers. We're building charging stations out in the middle of the Mojave Desert, whatever it is. Um, And then you have the inflation issue and the potential for a recession, a recession that will happen under Joseph Robinette Biden Jr. So. I mean, those are two things right there, but there's also a parallel track at the same time. The media is bored with Biden. Okay. B W B. The media is bored with Biden. And so what they've decided to do now is they're going to start trying to put together alternative uh, folks who are going to be running for office. They want alternatives to what it is that they're seeing. They, they don't like the, uh, 
They don't like the Joe Biden build back better, badly busted, getting all bankrupt uh, kind of crazy stuff that's going on. So they want to try to bring other people into the mix. They they don't want to just see a conversation take place involving uh, involving just Joe Biden and Donald Trump. They need other people to show up. So what do they do? They turn to the old reliable brand and name in the world of the Republican politics, and they go to uh, the Bush family. Here comes Jeb Bush. Jeb Bush, though, to his credit, and I think it's very interesting, in speaking to Jake Yapper, Dapper, uh, when, when Jeb Bush, or I should say Jeb, exclamation point Bush, is talking to, uh, <laughs> Jake Tapper, Jake Tapper asks him, he's like, do you think that it's possible that Mike Pence might run for president? And I mean, what's that going to do with Donald Trump? I mean, that's really going to change it up a little bit, isn't it? It's going to be a little more complicated, don't you think? And Jeb Bush is like, I think he might be running for president. I mean, that might be what's going on. He he goes on in the conversation to say, I, I can't uh, tell the fortunes of what Donald Trump may or may not want to do in terms of running for president. I mean, he does think that Trump is probably running, but he doesn't he doesn't know. And so Jake Tapper, not satisfied with that answer, then pivots and says, DeSantis, what do you think about DeSantis? <laughs> Jeb Bush does something great. Jeb Bush is like, he's doing a really good job. What? What? Does, did you say DeSantis is doing a really good job here? Watch, check this out. Governor, he's governed very effectively. Uh, his response to the pandemic, I think, was uh, extraordinarily good. His education policies are solid. He's made a real commitment to protecting the water resources and the natural environment of our state. Um, he's, you know, kept the legislature in line. Uh, he's done the things that, uh, that I admire as, as governor. And he also has a strong appeal outside the state because he's tackled these cultural issues that have a pretty broad appeal in the Republican um, mindset right now. So let's, let's talk. See what I mean? It's a DeSantis. What, but he's a, He's a, a denier and he's mean and he's terrible and he's awful. Well, listen, Jeb Bush has given him credit. He's given him props for the, for the work he's doing. He's essentially saying, uh, keep the kids in school, keep the schools open. The economy is kicking. The cultural war is very effective. Jeb Bush is doing one heck of a job of being an honest broker when it comes to this issue that we're talking about, which I think is actually super interesting, uh, all, all the way around. Uh, I think you get everything you want in this situation for very little down uh, in this regard. And so now what do we have? Well, now we have to do a deeper dive. We have to do a deeper dive into what it is that we're seeing in the country right now, because I figured out what the disconnect is. I was mocking just in the last 24 hours, the, 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 the democracy, the democracy, the democracy. There's a guy named Draper who writes for The New Yorker, who's got this brand new piece out. It may be a book, it may be just an essay. But he's talking about how how the the misinformation is warping the democracy and the democracy must be saved and protected. And what are we going to do about the democracy? All, all that blackity black be black. Um, well, here's the deal. Here's the deal. It's clear what the problem is. OK, you have got two political parties that are speaking two different dialects of the same common language. The common language is politics. The dialects are different based on 
your orientation. Now, I'm a big believer in getting new information and considering new information, then deciding whether or not, you know, is, is this going to change? Is that going to change? How's that all going to end up working out in the end? And I'm okay with that. Pardon me. Uh, but the fact of the matter is, I believe men are men, women are women. I, I believe you've got certain biology attached to you. And, and if you want to be designated as a different, uh, as, as a different gender, uh, that's something that can be settled out uh, in, in the political world and the, in the medical world and debate all that all you want. But the fact of the matter is uh, we have a lot of political fluid phraseology that goes on out there. And let me give you some of these examples. There was an amazing study done at Penn State University uh, back in uh, 2017. And they, they came to the conclusion that the American people are speaking two totally different dialects of politics. Uh, here's an example. Immigration. What does immigration mean? If I am a candidate for office and I'm I'm not I'm not trying to be overly partisan here. I am a partisan. I admit that. But if I try to uh, try to make the case on immigration and I utter the phrase immigrant, well, we got to deal with immigration. What does deal with immigration mean? Immigration can mean uh, we need to make it very easy to become an American citizen uh, to come across the border, declare your desire to live in the United States, and suddenly we process you and try to make you an American citizen as quickly as we humanly possibly can, right? Now, if you're a border enforcement person, immigration means we got to get, we got to do something about immigration, meaning, well, illegal immigration is really a big issue, and we've got to do something to secure the franchise of citizenship in America. Two completely different interpretations of one word, immigration. Uh, abortion. Abortion's an issue. Well, what is the issue on abortion? Is the issue on abortion states' rights, federalism? Or is the issue on abortion nationally codified abortion protection? Uh, when do we permit the abortion? Do we permit the abortion up to and including the moment of birth? Do we have a, a period of time that is uh, three weeks, six weeks, 15 weeks? Like, well, what are we what are we doing here? How, how are we doing this? That's abortion. Uh, the Green New Deal. The Green New Deal is apparent. You know what the Green New Deal is. The Green New Deal is nationalization of natural resources, by and large, controlled by overlords at the United Nations um, and a whole bunch of, uh, of ESG. You don't get to have the car you want. You don't get to have the house you want. You don't get to have the things that you took for granted for a very long period of time as being part of the private property model. We need to deal with the climate. We need a Green New Deal. Build back better. Build back better. The Inflation Reduction Act. All of these are delivery systems for the narcotic of political control. The phrasing itself. Go back to the immediate period of time, speaking of the Bushes, after 9-11. We need the Patriot Act. Hey, I'm a patriot, and I believe we need a Patriot Act to fix all this. What do you mean you're looking at my library books that I checked out. Well, what do you mean you're wiretapping my phone calls? Wait, what do you mean about, oh, where are the civil libertarians? Where is the ACLU? Oh, the ACLU is, is now no longer interested in that kind of behavior. 
These are the things that have to be developed further with specificity because you have got 300 million plus people in this country walking around. And if you say something, we've got to do something about the guns. That probably means gun control. The right to keep and bear arms. I'm a Second Amendment guy. Well, the Second Amendment handles guns. But if I tell you I'm a Second Amendment guy versus we got to do something about these guns, common sense gun control, common sense gun regulation, common sense gun laws. All we need is common sense gun laws. Who's common sense? What common sense? Can you point to any amount of common sense that currently resides in these United States of America? at least in the last 25 or 30 years, I don't know what the common sense would be. Common sense says, don't eat raw chicken. Common sense says, don't eat bugs. Common sense says, don't, uh, d- don't, don't take fentanyl that came in a Skittles box. We are presuming so much, and it's not just in this political season, We are presuming so much about our country that is so completely wrong. So why is it that Jake Tapper is trying to poke the bear with Jeb Bush into saying, hey, uh, we need some sanity here running for office. We need some conventional Republicans who, you know, aren't Donald Trumpy. Jake Tapper is trying to change the subject from Joe Biden and his deterioration. Joe Biden is campaigning for John Fetterman. Both of them have massive vulnerabilities. Think about it. Think about it. You have an out-of-control FBI. You have an out-of-control Department of Justice. You have an out-of-control big tech business. You have an out-of-control... Um, situation with our spending and funding wars that weren't put to a vote. These are the fundamental things that frustrate people as Americans. These are the fundamental things that keep people awake at night. And it's ultimately going to be just, um, it's ultimately going to be up to each and every one of us so that we understand how it is this is all going to end up working in the end. And and so the when you take a look at this different language that's being spoken uh, between the two different political parties, and when you take a look at the lack of a common language, you have two different dialects going on in our country. Uh, the reality that comes to pass very quickly is you're going to get an electoral outcome that at least 50% of a given side are not going to know how to interpret. And what they'll do is, like they always do, they will look to the wizards of smart at the universities and the big media outlets who hate half the country and rely on them to explain, like, like the oracle of Delphi, what it means that people voted in the ways they voted. Until we get to that common subset of facts and realities, exigent circumstances, 
it's just not going to work. I am Brett Witterbull. This is Devious Motives. <laughs> 